three, two, one. Welcome back to System and Soul. Uh, fun conversation. I'm here solo today. Chris, hope you're having a great clarity break. And I am here with my friend and one of Forbes' 20 speakers you should not miss, an author of the four book, Jeff Henderson. Welcome to the conversation. Ben, it's great to see you, buddy. It's been a while since I've actually seen you in person. So good to see your face virtually today. Yeah, we'll take Zoom. Zoom counts halfway at least. Can't hug, um, but I'll owe you a hug. So I just, I think it's super neat. Um, you've been, I would say from watching you, launching more of a movement than anything else. And I feel like it's so aligned with what we're doing at System and Soul and the way that we're approaching, really getting companies to focus in on this S2 roadmap. And so take us in and tell us what is, this idea what is the, the manifesto of the four book and the movement that you're creating and challenging people with first of all let me just talk about system and soul because i think you know many times those two words are kind of like an oxymoron sometimes you know it's kind of like jumbo shrimp or pretty ugly or utah jazz like two <laughs> words that don't really go together and i love the fact that you're talking about both one of the many reasons is because we don't need to drive the humanity out of the business and scale and systems might have a tendency to do that, but they don't have to. And so kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. For example, I've been in two large franchise organizations, both in the business world and the nonprofit world. You got to have systems, you got to have scale, but if you drive out the humanity and soul, it'll, it'll crush uh, the purpose and the mission of the business. But to your question, uh, Benji, really, I mean, the, the, the mantra of the book is it's no longer about being the best company in the world. It's about being the best company for the world. And what are you doing to add value? And business is a platform now where I really do believe doing good is good for business. And that one of the best things that you can do for this world is to create a thriving, profitable, healthy culture business that is not only impacting customers and not only impacting your team, but is having this um, overflow effect to their local communities and beyond. And many times, you know, I've been in the nonprofit world for a number of years, and many times it's like, as, as if purpose is exclusive to the nonprofit world mm, and the for-profit community can't afford to have purpose. And that's no longer the case. Never really has been the case, really, because I think in today's world, purpose and profit go together. And, um, you know, you look at marketing demographics and the younger you go in marketing demographics, people are asking, what are you doing? What is your organization doing to help make our world, our community a better place? And so that's kind of the essence of the four book, but really it's system and soul. I appreciate you throwing in that love right there. What, um, so often it start, it, you know, the, it became a trend and this, this purpose and profit thing going together almost became a trend where it started to feel forced and artificial, like uh, everybody had to have some, there's even like a, a B Corp right now, like which is a, some sort of social enterprise and you can get certified, like, you know, just like your, you know, a lead building kind of certification. You can be a, a right. social enterprise company. And I'm like, it just, it, it rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, if you're creating value in the marketplace and you are creating jobs for people like, is that not the greatest sense of social impact? Um, so I love the way that you phrased it in there, but is there, is there a way that this goes wrong? 
when you, when it feels forced or is it just always good? It's really the difference between a promotion and a movement. A promotion starts big and fades quickly. A movement starts small and begins to build over time. And when I see a leader or leadership team really focused on a movement, they're not trying to get some likes on Instagram, even though there's nothing wrong with likes on Instagram. They're not trying to do this. It's kind of a bait and switch that we're going to put a Band-Aid on purpose around here that, that these are leaders that are in this for the long haul. And they, they talk about, you know, how's our staff doing? They're, they're asking questions such as, what does it feel like to work here? They are creating environments where the team goes, you know what, they're more, they care more about me than their agenda. Nothing wrong with agenda, nothing wrong with getting things done. But I really think it comes back to the authenticity and the heart and the sincerity and to your word, Benj, the soul of the leader. We don't like to talk about soul care in the business world. We'll let the nonprofit world do you know, squishy things like that. But based on what we've all been through as a world over the last several months, year, really, and even beyond that, from a standpoint of, again, your word here, soul, is really important, but it's got to be a long, we're playing the long game here, right? We want to create thriving organizations over the long haul. That's good. The, I, I got a mental picture as you were talking about, like the ripples we create as leaders, and it starts with our people and flows to the customers and flows out to the, the community. But I think maybe what I was getting to when it feels forced or fake is we're trying to skip over segments of the ripple and, you know, we're going to look good to the market, but we're not going to take care of the, the closest things to us in that ripple effect. Can you um, coach us for a minute? Like if we're struggling as an organization to really tap into who are we for, like, how do you lead people through an exercise? Because it's almost like it exists. We just have to really tap into what's there. and what we Maybe you think different. I don't know. Well, that's why I wrote the book is to give teams an opportunity to kind of to walk through this together. I think one of the things I've benefited from over the years is leadership teams or teams I'm working on work through a book together and we grow and we think and we challenge each other on the things that we're reading. And so these, these two questions in the book, what do you want to be known for and what are you known for? They're simple questions, but they're not, not easy questions. Yeah. And you got to have the courage, especially after question number two, you got to, it's like pulling the rock and seeing all the squiggly things underneath. You got to have the courage to really go after that because in any organization, I don't care, church, business, nonprofit, whatever, there's a gap between what you want to be known for and what you are known for. Yeah. But the problem with many organizations is they don't even have clarity on question number one. What do we want to be known for? So when I go work with organizations, if leadership teams, I'll, I'll hand out pieces of paper and say, okay, I want you to write this the answer to what you think this organization wants to be known for. Don't say it out loud. Just write it on a piece of paper. And I collect the pieces of paper and I bring in and read them out loud. And then you begin to see the looks on the leadership team. Like we, we don't even have clarity here. And mm -hmm. if there's confusion in the office space, there will be confusion in the marketplace about what you want to be known for. So I think you have to go on a journey and you can't be looking for quick answers. The other reality too, is once you have that and once you've got clarity, you have to stay on message. One of the biggest mistakes I see leaders making is they don't repeat. The leaders are repeaters. You got to mm. say it over and over and over again. And we as leaders sometimes get bored with our own messages. For sure. And we think since I've said it a hundred times, people have gotten it a hundred times. And that is not true. 
any parent with teenagers knows if you say it a hundred times, they haven't heard it a hundred times, right? Well, the same is true with organizations. And so messaging and language, and you know this binge, language is so important. And the fewer the words, the better, because vision's like a bucket of water. The more words in the bucket, the more words are gonna fall out. This episode is brought to you by Titus Talent Strategies. Titus Talent Strategies exists to equip companies to make the best attraction, engagement, hiring, and development decisions to meet their organization's people and performance objectives. We're here to help you get the right people in the right seats and be the best team members they can be, guaranteed. This is not your traditional recruiting model. Our approach has led to measurable results for our clients and lasting partnerships. Learn more at TitusTalent.com. I love that exercise. It's so tangible and it's something that we could take into our leadership team meetings like this week just to see um, if we're far, you know, maybe we're, we've got great alignment or maybe we're really far off. Um, And even if we have alignment, you know, what, where is that reflected on our budget? Yeah. Well, the other reality, the other opportunity for leaders is, you know, you can do this virtually too, but if, if you're in a physical space, is to walk around and, and just do a vision inventory. That's what I, that's what I call a vision inventory. Hey, what do you think we're known for? And what do you think we want to be known for? And there's no right or wrong answer. You just, you just tell me. And you don't, you know, you don't push back. You don't get your feelings hurt. You just begin to take clues and go, huh? Now, if you're seeing some consistent messaging, that's awesome. But if you're seeing some consistent messaging that is not being delivered to the customer and the customer's not reflecting that back to you, then, then you got issues. But again, there's going to be a gap in every organization. But the reality about this is when you identify what you want to be known for and you have systems to clarify or communicate back to you what you are known for, then every single day, everybody gets to come to work and we all have the same job. I don't care if it's administration, accounting, distribution, warehouse, marketing, whatever. We all have the same job and the same job is we want to shrink the gap between what we want to be known for and what we are known for, because when what you want to be known for is what you're known for, you create vision carriers for your organization and they handle the growth for you. The healthiest form of growth is when customers grow your business for you. Man, I feel like that's a mic drop. We could end right here, but I have too many questions. Um, Do you have a couple like, are there like examples of, of companies that do this well that, you know, we would, that are brand names that we would know? I'll give you one, you know, and one maybe you don't know. Okay. Now, Newell Brands, they, they have the Sharpie pen, right? But they have a family division as well. And they do car seats, Graco, you know, those kind of things. So you would think what they want to be known for is to being the best car seat manufacturer in the world. That's not what they want to be known for. I love this because I've been doing some work with them. They want to be known for supporting the world's biggest job, which is parenting. That's what they want to be known for. And I love that because everybody comes to work at Newell going, you know what we're here to do? We're here to support the world's biggest job, parenting. And many of them are parents and they understand why that's the world's biggest job. And so the hero in this moment isn't Newell. The hero in this moment is the parents. And how can we support them? Now, we, we have a business to run and we want it to be a profitable business. But at the end of the day, we're going to do things for parents. That's just a good thing to do. You know, we're going to provide yeah. resources and coaching and all that just because it's a good thing to do. So I love what they do. 
Um, so you might not be as familiar with, I mean, I think everybody's familiar with the Sharpie pen, but they may not be familiar with the family division. Obviously my former background with Chick-fil-A, this is more of an inward facing message. So you won't hear this much in the marketplace. So, but the Chick-fil-A wants to be known for being the world's most caring company. That's what they want to be known for. And they have measurement systems in their stores that are helping them reflect back, you know, are, are we, are we getting there as it relates to care? And you might ask the question, well, how in the world does care flow to the bottom line? Oh my goodness. It's everything to the bottom line, because if you create a customer service mentality at the store level that we're not just serving waffle fries, we want to deliver these waffle fries in the most caring way possible. It is a massive competitive advantage. And when I see other restaurants competing on the chickens, you know, there's the chicken yeah. right now, right. You know, whatever. That's cool. It's the care and the delivery of that chicken sandwich that's going to be hard to match. Um, so that this idea of we want to be the mo world's most caring company. Um, and so pre-COVID, I was able to speak in, in front of the entire organization, all staff, all operators. And we talked about that. Hey, you know, I presented what we're talking about today as it relates to four. And then say, now let's talk about what you want to be known for as a company. So it's, it was just so extraordinary to get everybody in, on board to go, this is it. We're not in the chicken business. We're in the caring business. That's so cool. And I don't think that'll, you know, shock anybody who's right. ever been in a Chick-fil-A. I think what's, it's, it's so amazing to me that people watch the Chick-fil-A model just blossom and they know what's happening and they know it's amazing. And yet it almost feels like such a daunting bar that people aren't even willing to approach it themselves. Like, I don't know how they did that. That's amazing. But it's really just the, you know, investing in those things that you want to be known for, right? And I'm super curious. So, so you're talking about wanting to be known for care, which feels to me like a whole lot of soul. But you also threw in there, they have measurement systems in their stores that are kind of, you know, we talk about scoreboards and, and the importance of knowing, are we winning, right? So are, they're actually at that level with such a sole component? And yes, it's still fairly new, you know, about a year or two in, but um, they're, they're really trying to figure out how to measure care in two, two perspectives, not only from the customer perspective, but from the team perspective as well. And this is really important because the customer is eventually treated like the team is treated. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you, and, and let me tell you a little notorious secret about church world. Um, the church in many instances is a terrible place to work. And so what happens is, is you have a dysfunctional culture at a church, just give it time. And that's going to flow to the people attending the church, but that's not just true at churches. And here's a massive, in fact, I, I saw this in the news yesterday, but, but I, I have a hunch this, this whole, I, this whole big crisis right now of a labor shortage I, I don't think it's going away. In fact, the president said that. I don't think this is going away anytime soon, but I don't think it's going away for a long time because I think what we're beginning to sense is a population shortage in America. And I know you got international listeners, but let's just talk about America right now. I think you're starting you, right now for the first time ever, there are more 80 year olds than two year olds. Now, why, why is that important for system and soul? Well, the reason it's important is if if you don't have a thriving, wonderful, challenging, great place to work and you're not creating that environment, 
I'm telling you, you can have all the growth in the world, but if you don't have a team that's executing that from, from any level, even for um, you know, solo entrepreneur who's working with contractors. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Starting this new season. I'm, I, I don't, you know, I went from a staff of uh, 60 to, to, to my wife and me and some contractors. But even in that, it's still a culture. Uh, how am I, am I paying them on time? Am I asking them, how, how does it feel to work with me? Am I asking, what's it like to be on the other side of me? All of that is really important. So to your question about how are they measuring it, they're not only measuring it from a customer standpoint, they're measuring it from a team standpoint because if the team isn't feeling cared for, yeah. then the customer won't either. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, I've, I've spent so much time in this lately because I really do, I, I think you're right and I haven't articulated it or, or drawn it back to labor shortage, but that is system and soul. And the system side what accelerates the value creation in our right. business. But the soul is what makes us attractive, right? To customers, to employees, shareholders, you know, what, the resources that we need in the marketplace. And so if we're not investing in that, and it's a long game, right? You can't, you can't be like, oh, we're behind. Let's get caught up this week, right? It, it is the long game. And so it takes that diligence and, and clarity. And um, in some ways, it's cool because the systems can actually support the soul. And the soul supports the system. So you, you put them together and then magic happens. Yeah. And, you know, you, th there are great soul-filled leaders that don't have great systems. And they put a lid on their growth. And in fact, that's true. Kathy had to figure that out early on. I mean, he had a vision for his business, but he, he eventually had to get to the point where like, I need more me's, <laughs> you know, I need more. If I'm going to expand this thing, I need people who understand the soul and the systems of how to do this. And so, so that, that's really, really, really important. That's why I love what you're doing is you. not having to choose one for the other. You're not choosing the soul that sacrifices systems and you're not choosing systems to, you know, drive out the humanity of the business. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that wiring wise people come in and they tend to be more soul focused or more systems focused. And it doesn't mean that leader needs to change. They probably just need some help about, you know, bring in a, a system that has both and some senior leaders that reflect that balance and, and magic. And that's what I, I told our Gwinnett Church and Buckhead Church staff teams when I was leading them. Hey, I want to grow small. I want to grow. I want to serve as many people as we can, but I want it to still feel small like it's just, you know, four or five of us. And, mm. and that's hard to do. To do that, you have to have systems. I'll give you a system that we would do at our staff meetings. Yeah. We would go to Instagram and we would search the hashtag for Gwinnett, Gwinnett for Gwinnett Church, Gwinnett County. And we would spend the first five or 10 minutes just commenting on everyone's Instagram post that had included the church for Gwinnett, something they're doing in the community. And it, re it reinforced the behavior that we wanted repeated. And that was a system that we would do at every staff meeting. Well, people loved it. And the reason that was important from a, from a vision standpoint is it encouraged people to leverage their social media platforms as vision carriers to tell their social media circle about our church. At the same time, it gave them a sense that, wow, the staff sees me and they're, they're, you know, it hadn't gotten too big to where they're not saying, hey, um, thanks for wearing your four Gwinnett shirt out to Mellow Mushroom this weekend um, yeah. for spreading the message. So that's a small system that we did every staff meeting 
that would allow the message and our vision to be reinforced by the vision carriers. Yep, I love how the system and soul movement is connecting and crossing paths with the four movement. Thanks for sharing your stories, your time, your insights, um, your movement with us today. Leave us with one thing. If, you know, you've got a you've got an earful of leaders of businesses uh, right now across fifty countries around the world. What's one piece of wisdom, encouragement, advice you'd, you'd leave us with today? The best gift you can give your organization is the best version of you. And the best version of you um, is an emotionally healthy you. And it's the old analogy, binge, but it still works. If, if the plane is experienced turbulence and the oxygen masks come down, you breathe first and then put it on the person next to you. So how healthy are you really? How are you doing? How do you know? What systems do you know? What systems do you have? that are allowing you to check in on your soul because the rest of us are on the other side of you with the exception of you. The rest of you are on the other side of me with the exception of me. And again, that's why I love soul, talking about soul and systems because I really do believe as leaders, the best thing that we can do is to take care of our soul. But if we leave it to happenstance and we don't have systems that allow us to check in on our soul on a regular basis, uh, we don't drift toward health. <laughs> at least mm. I, I don't, I'm not at 10 o'clock at night going, you know what I want? I want a bowl of broccoli right now. That, just give me a plate of spinach. No, I want Jenny's Brambleberry ice cream, which is amazing. So drift, you got, you don't drift toward health. You got to have systems that will take you there. Man. So good. Thank you, Jeff. Where, where are we going to find the book and more about you and get you to come speak to our companies? Yeah. JeffHenderson.com. Just do that. And, um, and then my cell phone's in the back of the book. And if you if you read the book and text me, I'll text you right back. So oh, you took one from Bob Goff. Make oh, yeah. it happen. And it's fun. I just I got I get a text. I don't get like a hundred like Bob does, but I get one a day. So I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not Bob Goff, Bob Goff. But um, but yeah, it's been fun. And so um, but yeah, just go to jeffhenderson.com and and would love to love to help in any way I can. Perfect. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, System Soul, we'll see you next week. If this was helpful for you, it's helpful for somebody else. So give it a like, give it a review, share it with a friend.